Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know why they had Dave carry it. I think he's as old as me at least. How's everybody doing today? All right. Someone doing great in here. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. I'm excited today again as usual. It's always exciting to serve the Lord. Is that true or not? Such a blessing. I just want to say again for a city, uh, our, our community fest, these cards. I went to a conference uh, last week. I told you about um, in Eugene, and they talked about you know strategies and things like that. And they, um, Louis Palau is very big. They they take the whole city and get all. They had 113 churches involved in their in their city fest, and they a lot of collaboration and. A lot of advertisement, hundreds of thousands of dollars of advertisement. But they said, ultimately, the people come to that festival because somebody invited them personally and said, I'd like for you to come with me. So it's powerful what we do. How we do it is what is going to make it happen. So there's a bunch of cards out there. Grab some cards during the week. You don't have to just give it to skaters either, you know, because uh, actually... Um, uh, Tim told me, he said, most people that come to his skating thing, it's only like about 20% of them are skaters. The rest are just excited about seeing the tricks. So you don't have to be a skater to enjoy some excellent um, entertainment. So said all that to say this. Um, last week we talked about partiality. You remember that? There is no partiality with God, is it? Aren't you glad that he doesn't just pick people out and say, you know, you're this and you're that, but he treats everybody equal, and he wants us to do the same, treating each other equal. And I think that's awesome. You know, it's, and it's hard to do because sometimes it's just in our nature. Like I talked about last week how even Peter got led astray when he started hanging out with the Gentiles and he's seen the Jewish brothers, and so he started to, uh, you know, kind of just sit, not hang out with them while the Jewish people were there and Paul saw him, and he, and he actually rebuked him to his face, and he brought him back on point because Peter had plenty of uh, signs and wonders from God to let him know that that's not, the way we should, that's not the way we should be. We should have no partiality with God. And then, you know, he said in Colossians that um, there's neither Jew nor Greek nor um, circumcision nor uncircumcision, anybody, but we're all in Christ, one and all. Aren't you glad that God does that? Come on, man. It doesn't matter if we're broke or if we're rich or if we're short, if we're fat or if we're ugly or if we're beautiful or if we're black or white or yellow or green. It doesn't matter. God doesn't show partiality. And it's hard for us not to because, I mean, you know, me, I'm a dad of six kids. And, you know, I've, anybody have more than one kid? And it's kind of hard not to favor some of them, huh? Because some of them just have that little twinkle in their eye or they're just so special. And I... I thought about, um, you know, how um, whenever I'd go out, uh, whenever I'd go out, I'd always take one kid with me, and I tried to share the time with me, and I just, you know, whether daughter or son, whether the young or the old, older, I would just bring them out. But I have this one son when, um, you know, babies, you know, when you have babies and, and, the mom, and the mom is breastfeeding. Now, I'm not trying to go, you know, this is still rated G, I hope, or PG at very least, okay? But when they have, you know, they breastfeed, guess when you, when you walk in the room, both of you, 
where, the, where is the baby going to reach out to? The moms, man, because they got the juice, they got the milk. Like, Dad, they put, kick him to the curb, he ain't got no milk. But I got one son, his name is Joseph. And for some reason, when we both walked in the room, he'd reach out to me. Joseph. Joseph Mark Miller. And guess what? It's very difficult not to favor him. Because, man, it's like, man, I ain't the curb no more. You like me, Joseph? I ain't got no milk, bro. I'll, I'll go to the store and get you something. Get him a milkshake. But it, it, there have, we have a tendency sometimes when people are so good to you and so nice to you that you might treat them different than people that might not be nice to you. Because Jesus wants us to treat everybody equal because that's the way he treats us and he wants us to treat others the same way. And so that's something that's really important, especially as we reach out to this community. Because, you know, this community is not, it's a, it's a diverse community. You know, the high school, 90% of the high school is non-white. Did you know that? It's a, it's a, it's a mixed culture. And I'm not just talking about, not just uh, when it comes to culture and, and, and uh, nationality, but I'm talking about just economical states, where people are at, if they're disabled or if they're elderly or if they're children, whatever they are, they are precious in God's eyes. They're beautiful in God's eyes. Come on now. God made us all. We're all uniquely and specially made. And so we talked about that last week. We thought that how important that was. And, and we even saw how um, Peter, you know, because of um, not understanding that all things were equal in God's eyes, when Peter went um, to prayer on top of the roof, he got a vision, and this sheet came down, and it had all these creepy, crawly, weird things that Jewish people say, I, I ain't touching that. And God said, eat, Peter, slay and eat. And what did, what did Peter say? Not me, man. I've never eaten nothing common or unclean. That, that, I don't roll that way. I'm walking in righteousness. I'm walking in holiness, so I'm not going to eat that. And God said, brought the vision down three times and said, eat. And he says, what I clean, let no man call common or unclean. Because you know something about God? He could take up the most messed up person and make them sweet. He could take somebody that's all jacked up, hooked on drugs, adulterous mind, and turn them into a preacher man if he wanted to. Am I right? God could take a woman that is a harlot living on the street and make her a holy, righteous, godly prayer warrior. Come on. Actually, sometimes Jesus said sometimes it's even it's harder to take, it's easier to take the outcast than the incast. What, what are you saying, brother? And I'm saying Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, the harlots and the publicans, which were considered the worst sinners, will make it to heaven before the religious people. Why? Because they think they got it all together. And they think they're 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 all that and a bag of chips. But they're not. We're not. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, where would we be? Come on, the blood of Jesus 
is what changes us. The Holy Spirit is what transforms us. He's the one who gets the credit, credit and gets the glory. You know, I thought about when he brought that sheet down with these creepy, crazy stuff, and to Peter it was just like, man, this is not right. You know, I don't even, really, I don't even let that stuff in my house, but God's bringing a vision of these things that are vile and not lawful for him to touch or eat. And then I thought about how each time, though he brought it down, he brought it back into heaven. He didn't just take the sheet down and dump it over there and like, I ain't messing with that stuff either, Peter. I'm with you, bro. No, he said, no, I'm willing to take these things that are not common, that are not clean, and I want to change them into being beautiful and awesome and great. I was looking up a scripture, check this one out, in Corinthians, and I don't have it on, the, on my, my overhead, so just bear with me as I read it to you. In Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, it says this, or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither sexual immoral or idolaters or adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers. That sounds like when that sheet came down, it was full of those people. Swindlers, adulterers, cheaters. He said, he said that none of those shall inherit the kingdom of God. But what did he say after that? He said, he said and, and some of us were that. I know you've been saved for a long time, but you got to remember where you came from. I don't know about, you know, I used to always like, hey, did you party? Yeah, I party, man. I was so drunk, I was hanging over the toilet for about three hours. And I thought, and everybody's like, dude, you really got it all. Man, you really swung it good. No, I was sick, man. Over the th toilet. One time I was at a party and I had a friend that was doing the same thing. I sat down there and, and helped him and blessed him because I said, if it wasn't for the grace of God, that would be me down there now. Oh, come on now. We were that like that. Now you might say, I never did none of those. Well, I got another scripture in case you didn't fit in that one. <laughs> this, is a, this is Titus 2, 3, uh, Titus 3, 2, and 4. It says this. God don't want us to talk bad about nobody. How dare we talk bad about God's creation? You know every single one of us was made in God's creation? Shame on us if we talk bad about people. Instead of talk bad about them, how about talk to God about them? Well, let's, leave me alone. Let's talk to God about them. And this is what um, Paul was telling Titus, he says, to slander no one, to be peaceable, considerate, always be gentle towards everybody. Be kind, be gentle. Why? At one time, we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, and we lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Did you fall in that category anywhere? Being hateful, slanderous, greedy, just a normal human being because we all need a Savior because there's none righteous, no, not one. 
And he said, but after the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards man appeared to us, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. And, you know, I think about Paul. He did a lot of righteousness, but he said, I'm not making it in because of what I did. But according to his mercy, he saved us and washed us in regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he shed upon us abundantly. Wow. You mean we can't get to heaven because we're working? Nope. Do, because heaven's in me, I'm going to work hard. How about you? I'm not working to get to heaven. I'm working because heaven's already in me. How about you? Hallelujah. You, you all got to see my, my grandson Silas last week. See how tall they grow nowadays? I was like, man, they must have had like... Um, Miracle grow in the food or something. I don't know what the deal is, but all my kids seem like they all get taller than me, but that ain't saying much. Because when my kids got tall as me, they're like, Dad, I'm tall as you. I said, you're still short because I am. But Silas, we sat down uh, a couple days before he left. He's now back in Colorado. And, and we just started opening up the scriptures. And, and I told him, because Silas is a junior, going to be a senior, it's a very critical, crucial point. I actually, when I, when I sent Silas over here, I told his, his mother, I'm going to be greedy. I said, Pastor Andrew, you can be greedy. Yep, I was greedy. That, I was greedy for eight, for six days, I was greedy. I said, I'm not telling this family. I'm just going to hold on to Silas for myself. I paid for the ticket. I got the right. I said, I'm not telling his uncles. I'm not telling his cousins. I ain't telling his friends. I ain't telling nobody. And I even told Silas and I told his mom. I said, why? Because this is grandpa and Silas time. All right. And so we went to the beach. We did all kinds of things. But towards the end of the thing, the end of our time, I, we just sat down and I just started opening the scriptures to him. Back and forth. Showing him the regeneration, the renewing. And I talked about how if we, if we get to heaven in, 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 in Galatians 2, 21, it says, if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And I said, bros, you're in a very strategic time right now. You need to be able to be, you need to be able to be dedicated to God because you, how many know from junior to senior, a lot of things could happen in a young man's life. A lot of bad things, a lot of good things. And I said, you know what, Silas, I'm not trying to persuade you just because I'm your grandpa. But you know what I think you should do, Silas? I think you should rededicate your life and ask God for wisdom to get you to that senior year so you can walk out in manhood, living holy and righteously and godly in this present world. And I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to force you anything. I said, what do you think? You know what he said to me? Let's do it, Gramps. So we sat there at my little coffee table after I showed him all the scriptures, and he asked Christ to forgive him of his sins, to come into his heart, and to give them a fresh start and give them wisdom to be able to go through this life and give them the ability to do it skillfully with Christ. And he's reading Proverbs and, uh, Proverbs and John at the same time. We gave him one of our, our books. I hope you guys don't mind. I gave one to John. Okay? Is that all right? But anyway, I just celebrate that because I say that this is that God loves everybody. Everybody's special to God. There's not one person that God doesn't care about. The Bible says that the, when the smallest bird drops to the ground, God knows about it. 
He said, even the very hairs of our head are numbered, and we know that, and so we're so thankful, but we want to make sure that we're not people of partiality, that we're not judging people because of their color or their economic status or their stature or their physical beings, whether they're handicapped or whatever. Everyone is special. Amen. And so God wants us to be that way, but, and I think we get the point. I believe that we want to be that way. How many want to be that way? Well, we're not showing partial. I see a few hands. We want to be, we want to be a church where somebody could come in and it doesn't where they're, it doesn't matter where they're at, but we're gonna love them, we're gonna bless them, we're gonna honor them, and we're gonna take time and be intentional to them. And today what I want to talk about is not just love being not partial, but also to be intentional. Because God is. God is intentional. Are we being intentional? God is intentional. You say, what do you mean he's intentional? Well, we all know. First of all, he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's a lot of thought between that. What do you think? That's a, that's a major, you talk about a mission statement. He had this written out before the foundations of the earth. The lamb was slain already. He was intentional knowing that he had sent his son in flesh and be crucified so all of us can have a chance to get to heaven. That's pretty dang intentional. When you think about Peter, just even, even just uh, the intentional of crossing boundaries and culture, you think about Peter when he, he received this vision three times. God did it for a reason. Because he told Peter on this, he said, Peter, upon this rock I'm going to build my church, but the church is not going to be built on just Jewish people or special people, but it's going to be built upon whoever wants to give their life to me. So I showed you these creepy things coming down. I showed you the future of people that are going to get saved, that were alcoholics, that were drug addicts, that were pimps, that were all the different things, just good old, nice sinners. But he was intentional. He was so intentional that when, when he had this vision, God already talked to Cornelius, who was Italian. Reaching the, the cultures. God was intentional to reach, Cor, reach Cornelius of the Roman band. Think about it. He gives him a vision. Well, he didn't give him a vision. He brought an angel in there. He said, your prayers, your arms are being are, are heard. God loves you. He's thankful for you. But he has Peter to give you a message. And I want you to go to his house. And he sends him to his house. How intentional is that? It's no coincidence. And I think about, you know, God's reaching to the Italians. Now, do I look Italian? Come on. Do I look Italian? Come on. You better say yeah. But you don't have to because, you know, my wife says, you ain't Italian, man. You're Irish and German. A lot of people think I was. When I was in New York, I'd be like, paisano, que pasa? They'd be like, oh, you're Italian. I go, no, I'm German. But God reached to the Italians to come to the Gentiles, to come to Peter. And while Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on this whole house. And he says, what stops us from, from, from baptizing them? God's already filling them with the Holy Spirit. And God is showing. He says, I know for sure, without a doubt, God's no respecters of persons. It doesn't matter who we are. That's what Peter said. He got a revelation. The, the sheets was good. But man, when he said the Spirit of God on the Italians, you know, Italians mean Romans. 
Romans were the ones who were holding the Jewish people down that were violent and forceful. But he was intentional to reach them. Then I think about Jesus when in, in, in John chapter 4 where he, Jesus is in Judea and he's, and he's moving around. And then all of a sudden in, in, in John chapter 4 verse uh, 4 it says this. Jesus need must go through Samaria. Samaria was a place where the Samaritans were. See this right here? And that blue mark, I, I'm supposed to have my, my, my pen, I forgot the light. Does that sound like something somebody might do? You ever forget things? None of you do because you're all young. But right here, this blue line right here is the Jordan. And when Jesus... Usually when Samaritans would go on this side of the Jordan River and bypass Samaria. Because Samaria was a biracial, a half-breed of the Jewish. Even though they believed in the, the word of God, they believed in the same first five books of the Bible, they believed in God, but they were not the, the full bread. And they actually believed on the mountain, on their mountain where uh, Jesus went to see this lady, that that's where the sanctuary should be built. And Israel thought it was supposed to be in Jerusalem. So they had a lot of things in common. But Jesus was intentional to not go on the other side, but to go directly to the culture that he wanted to reach. Now, a lot of times we say like, well, I can't really do nothing. You know what? You could sow something. You could plant something. We're not always there for results, but we're there to represent God. Some water, some plant, but God's going to give the increase. So Jesus meets this lady at the well. We all know the story, very familiar. She's at the well in the middle of the day, the, hot, the heat of the day, which isn't practical, but because the lifestyle that she lived, she was embarrassed because probably the religious people would taunt her and speak bad about her and judge her, not speak life to her, not have a word of hope for her, but a word of condemnation for her. But Jesus went to the well and, and he said, give me some of this water. And the lady says, you're a Jew and you are going to talk to me? One translation says, it says, Jews don't talk to the Samaritans. One translation says, the Jews would rather drop dead than talk to a Samaritan. Actually, when, and I've said this before, when, when, when they wanted to cuss out Jesus, they called him a Sumerian. It was just as bad as saying, you're the, the devil. But Jesus went out of his way. He head towards Samaria because he knew there was a lady there that's grabbing and trying to build a relationship to fulfill the void that's in her life that can't come through religion, it can't come through relationships, but it could only come through Christ. Come on. And she says, he says, uh, give, me, give me a drink. And she says, well, you know, you're, you're going to do that? He says, yeah. He says, he says, well, you don't have no equipment to be able to get to. You ain't got the equipment. This well is deep. And let me tell you something. That well is a strategic point biblically where we can point to today, Jacob's well, you could go to that well, and it's pinpointed exactly where Jesus had a, comp, had, a, had a communication or a conversation with a Samaritan woman. Not too many of his stories, you can pinpoint it. 
You could go right on the mud. You could stand right next to this well that's dug 100 feet deep and 9 feet wide. You could go to it today, Jacob's well. For, for you that are doubtful about God's word and his truth, man, it's historic. There's so many proofs. It's harder to prove that he ain't real than he is real. Come on now. So he goes to this thing, and it's a pinpoint place. I saw, um, you say, like, I'm really going off here. Talk about rabbit trails. I saw Mission Impossible. I thought it was good, because usually you have so much action, you think, I ah, can't keep up with it. They kept up with it. They did good. But what they did is with one of these people, they put, they shot a thing in his neck, and it puts this little, uh, like a tube in his neck, and then later down the road, they could find out exactly where he is. God pinpointed the conversation exactly where Jesus was and held a conversation. Part of our intentional is, how about just hold a conversation? Don't tell everybody all the things that you did right. Don't tell everybody all the things they did wrong. How about can you just sit down? Cross over the border, get beyond your measures like Sister Tina was talking about today. Get out of your comfort zone and listen to somebody. How about that? Is that a good one? The Bible says to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Americans, we are the opposite. And then when it's time to listen, I'm, I'm finished, I'm, I'm done. We gotta, we've got to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Jesus listens to her. She understands that she's got, she's got the Bible. She's got the five first books of Moses. She understands Moses. She believes in Moses because Moses said, somebody, a prophet's going to come in my name who's going to be the Messiah. She heard about the Messiah. He reveals her sin. But he didn't just reveal her sin. But he said, if you take of this water that I have, you'll never thirst again. Hallelujah. One of the most beautiful conversation, most helpful conversation written in the Bible is because God was intentional to go a place and meet a lady that was all messed up. That's where we get our joy and our peace and we find out a wonderful story. How many beautiful conversations can be held if we go in Jesus' name and reach out and go beyond our borders and be intentional to people around us. And be some tight conversations. Like, man, I don't even understand what they're saying. We, we was at a camp last night celebrating Africa, and they were playing these music. And, hate to say it, my wife was throwing it down. I mean, she was like, and her friend too. I was like, no wonder why they're buddies. They got the same swag, you know, they're just doing it. I'm like, I'm out, I'm gone, I'm gone. The, the one lady goes, is that too much for you? I said, no, it's not too much, but I have a meeting. I know, she probably soared today from all that wonderful dancing in the Lord. But it's, it's amazing how God was intentional for this woman to go out of his way for a lady that had five relationships and the one she was living with wasn't married to. And have a conversation. 
And when she said, we worship on this mountain, Jerusalem worship here, and he said, forget all that. I don't care where you worship because the time coming, which now is, where you can worship God in spirit and in truth, it won't matter where you're at. You don't have to be on the mountain. You don't have to be here. And guess what? The Father's seeking such to worship him that way. Hallelujah. Man, you want to worship? Guess what? God's saying, I want you to worship. I'm worthy. Is he worthy to be worshiped? Come on, he's worthy to give your praise on, your dance on, your sing on, or whatever you want to do to worship. If you're silent, get your silent on. Whatever. But he's worthy, and it doesn't take a building. It doesn't take a mountain. It takes the spirit of the living God, the water, the, the Argentine well that springs up within us. Hallelujah. But he was intentional. And because of that in intentionality, she said, come see a man. And almost half the city came to see Jesus. Because not, not that she had a big testimony. The only thing she said, come see a man. Who told me all my life, could this not be the Messiah? Could this not be the Christ? And the town came. And when they came, they saw Jesus. And they begged him to stay for a little longer. And Jesus stayed two more days. Because you know what? Jesus says, man, I'm hanging out. I'm, I'm going into a culture that my people ain't even hanging out. But we're, we're being received well. You don't know how well people receive you till you reach out to them. And he stayed there for two days, and then finally they said, we not only believe because of your testimony, but we believe truly he is the Savior of the world because of what he spoke to us in these last two days. Because he was intentional to take time. I guarantee you his schedule was tough. I bet you he had a tough schedule. If he had an iPad, man, it would be like, I got to block this one out, man. This, is a, this, this whole town's coming to hear about the Heavenly Father. And sometimes, sometimes you just got to say, put a hold on your schedule. Is your schedule more important than God's schedule? Is my schedule more important than God's schedule? I don't think so. Let it go, go with his schedule. So not only did he reach to the Sumerians then, and then I think about when Jesus, you know, when, um, before he left, he was, um, you know, telling the church to go wait in Jerusalem and you'll be with power and do from power on high. Terry there and just to wait there, he says, because after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, guess what happens? You shall receive power to become witnesses. And that word witnesses mean, actually means martyr where you're willing to give your life for him. But you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria. Samaria, God's going to give us the Holy Spirit to reach cross-culturally. God's going to give us the Holy Spirit to reach people that normally if they touched their equipment, they were contaminated by law. God's going to give us power of the Holy Spirit so we can be effective witness to everybody. Yes. That's what he said he'd do. So, if you go down to the book of Acts, in chapter 8, you talk about Philip. Philip's doing work in Samaria. God's just, I believe that when Jesus went there and he sold these seeds, that so many people's hearts were open to the gospel, that when the evangelist Philip came, and you know, Philip's the only one in the Bible who's called an evangelist. He was an evangelist. He went and did signs and wonders, and he brought miracles to that town. And guess what happened? That said he brought great joy to the city. 
And they were Samaritans. And man, God was intentional to bring them back to Samaria to help win these people to Christ. But then the angel of the Lord speaks to Philip and says, look, I've got a place for you to go. I want you to go north. I want you to go to a desert. I'm like, go to a desert? God, don't you see I'm bringing revival? I mean, people getting healed. Look at me, look at me, look at me. He's like, no, I want you to leave that stuff because it ain't all about you. It ain't all about your ministry. It ain't all about your, your, your numbers of how many people you saved and how many people got healed. It's about obeying and trusting in the word of the Lord. He says, I got somebody. I'm intentional. I'm thinking ahead. I'm not thinking about just today. I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about when Jesus visited the lady at the well. He knew that if he didn't visit them, more than likely Peter and John and Philip wouldn't even be accepted in that town. But because Christ came in and was thoughtful to reach this culture, he opened the door for us. And so God tells him, go down from Gaza. And he's down there and he says, I got somebody for you. And you, you, you know the story? There's an Ethiopian reading the Bible out loud. What's the chances of that? Reading Isaiah, which is talking about the Lamb of God, the Scriptures of God. God tells Philip, go to that chariot. Philip did just like, oh, I think I'll go. You know what he did? He ran to the will of the Lord. Some of us are running from the will of the Lord. Can you just get your sneakers on and say, I'm going to run for the will of the Lord? I'm not going to run away from the Lord, but I'm going to run to the Lord. It doesn't matter if it's big or small. Even if God takes you from the crowd, from the, from the I mean, Philip probably just had his, his ink, ink was wet on his touch cards and on his business cards, and he had the, his website was being built, and, and all this, he's getting ready to be famous. He's the, he's, the, he's the evangelist, and God says, get out of here, boy. I'm sending you in the desert, because I'm strategic, and I'm intentional, and there's a brother there, a black man, an Ethiopian, helping with the treasures of Ethiopia in high status, who came to worship God. And he's on the road reading Isaiah. So Philip runs up to him and he hears him. He hears him because he's reading out loud the word of God. He says, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I understand except somebody guide me? How can I understand unless somebody shows me? How can I understand unless somebody is intentional, willing to go out of their busy way and help a brother out. Well, we know the story, what happened to this Ethiopian. He ended up, he ended up hearing the message of God. He sees some water over on the side. He goes, dude, what's stopping me from getting baptized? Philip's like, man, you're on it, bro. Let's go for it. Baptizes, and then all of a sudden, he gets baptized. And what happens to Philip? He gets caught up in the air, and he's going down in heaven 20 miles, uh, I believe it's north from there. You know what, I, I, I would be surprised. Could you imagine you get pulled up and, and God pulls you up in heaven and you're traveling down 20 miles and, uh, down, down the road. You probably th he's probably thinking, Elijah, here I come. God said, nah, you ain't no Elijah. You just fill up. I'm going to get you in a miracle, but I'm going to drop you in this town because there's more people 
to be able to witness to, to be able to call to. And so he sent him to a small town and he preached. But the tradition says that the Ethiopian eunuch in charge of the treasures of the queen went back there and historically, they say, it's not in the Bible, but historically said that he won this queen to Christ. Because God was intentional to Philip. Philip gave Ethiopian a, a message. He goes back and wins the queen. And then that country, I don't know if you know it, but that country's national religion today is Christianity. Did you know that? It's Christianity. And people believe, if you look at the history books, not even Christians believe that Philip had, a, had an influence on the whole country and the generations to come. I believe, Salem first, if we're intentional, if we're willing to go out of our comfort zone, willing to speak to people, willing to love on people, yeah, you might get taken advantage. They might be like, man, they got your money and run, or, or they took your coat and just talk bad about you, whatever. But if you're willing to reach out the way God reached out, to be intentional, no matter what color or what nationality or what size or what package they're in, when God sends us people, if we're willing to do that, we will affect the generations now and generations to come. Hallelujah. God's just not having a community fest so we could just say, oh, we put on a community fest at a pro skater. No, he's not doing that. He's doing a community fest so that we could open the doors for these thousands of family and people that are around us that need Jesus, that need to hear about there's a river, there's a river, there's a water, there is a spirit that could help change their lives and build a new total culture within the culture of Christianity. Come on, man. Hallelujah. It's destiny. It's a crucial point. I believe every one of us should pray, every one of us should give. We should be at a place where we're, we're all in. We're going for it. I have a closing scripture. This is Brother Paul, closing scripture. Did you put that one on there? Yeah, you did. Listen to this. Though I'm free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone. Why? To win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those that are under the law, I became like one under the law. I myself, I'm not under the law, I'm not bound by the law, as to win those that were under the law. It doesn't mean that we're going to change our beliefs or anything. It's like, why would God bring somebody here and they're bound saying, you got to worship on Saturday, that you're going to sit there and argue with them that you got to worship on Sunday, and they end up going down the road. Let God speak to them. I remember when I first got saved in the church, my hair was about this long. Now, that'd be really funny looking with nothing here and that hair that long, wouldn't it be? What do they call it, mullet? And I, I, wore, I wore crazy clothes. I was like, you know, oh, yeah, man, and all that. And, and I know the pastor, when he looked at me, he's like, dude, that dude needs cleaning up. He got to get clean. But nobody told me to get clean. They just loved on me. They just encouraged me. 
They just blessed me. Before you know it, my hair's getting a little trim. And I mean, they had it, like I told before, they had to teach me how to tie a tie and wear a tie and all that stuff. But I started getting that way because God does great things. But Paul said he's not under the law either. And next one. He says, though, he says, to those having the law, I became like one not having, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am free from God's law, but I'm not under Christ's law. So as to, to win those that are not having the law, to the weak I became weak, to, to win the weak. I became all things to all people. I was willing to reach boundaries and go be out of my comfort zone. I became all things to all people so that by all possible means, what? I might win some for God. That's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to build a kingdom here at Salem first, even though we're building God's kingdom. It's not about a one-man show. It's not about the whole denomination show. It's about Jesus Christ caring enough, being intentional to win others to Christ. And I believe as we endeavor to do this, it's going to be good. It might not happen on the first day. We're learning. We're going. You know, it's, it's not our job to get the results. It's our job to do what God's called us to do. And you're like, well, what, what, what? his job. It's not by power. It's not by might. But it's by his spirit that we'll accomplish great things for the kingdom. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you will help every single one of us, whether it's big or small, to take up our, our, our job. What you want us to do, the gifts that we have, the talents, the energies. Help us, Father, to do what you want us to do, Father. Help us, forgive us for being partial when it comes to color or finances or whatever it is. Help us, Father, to have eyes like you have and to be understanding and be willing to be intentional, to go out of our comfort zone, to build relationships, to love on people, to bless people. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in Salem First. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, and we're so grateful what you're going to do in this community. And we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.